Hey guys and girls and everyone in between at home, welcome to the very first The Nerd Escape podcast. Uh, with me today is Chris, which is over this side. Uh, as you can see, Chris is a big Battlestar Galactic and ominous Star Trek fan. <laughs> as you can see with all these cool ships in the background. And uh, we're going to talk, what are we going to talk about today, Chris? What's our, what's our big topic for today? Beyond is Beyond. the big topic today. Beyond. Beyond Star Trek, beyond the movie. It's on the horizon. It's the hot topic in fandom at the moment. So uh, we're going to go through it in as much detail as we can. And uh, hopefully you'll find it a bit interesting. And let us know in the comment section below what you think of the podcast and any ideas or thoughts that you found interesting. Or maybe you didn't. Let us know what you think down below. So welcome to the very first Nerd Escape podcast. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I have my own Facebook page, uh, The Trek Collector. Jump on board. I've got to be going on through about all basically everything that you can collect Star Trek-wise. Um, looking forward to the 22nd because normally when the movie comes out, we start seeing new products. So hopefully there's a, yes. oh, I won't say, something beginning with an A anyway at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Dash A, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like obviously, you know, I'm big into my ships and stuff like that as well. And we'll talk a, a bit about some merchandise a bit later on, actually, seeing as I brought it up. But um, you know, let's talk about the movie itself. Um, there's been yep. a huge ramp up in um, promos, trailers, posters and everything. Like it's... Like 2016 has been a fantastic year for Star Trek um, with the 50th anniversary as well. But we've had three trailers for Beyond. We've had a number of TV promos as well. So let's kind of start the podcast off with kind of discussing what we think will maybe happen in the yep. movie. Okay. So from my perspective, we've seen a big part of it. We've seen the Enterprise coming into the Yorktown. Now what... We know of that, or what I think, uh, what I found that I've known of it, is that this is like a frontier, maybe one of a kind starbase where new initiates into the Federation come and mingle, kind of like a neutral zone starbase. So again, we're talking about frontier exploration here, so on the fringes of the unknown. And we see this anomaly as well. We saw it in the office uh, in this kind of like 3D graphic and possibly hinted on the viewfinder of the Enterprise. So, does the protagonist come through that anomaly? Possibly. We see the swarm ship flying around, and uh, we see a couple of varieties of that. It's, it's very like a hive. It operates like a hive, in my opinion. Um, we see it maybe clumped together in one big mass, then spreads out, possibly. And we do see this uh, other ship in, I think it's trailer three, Chris, we yeah. see it coming down. It looks kind of like it kind of looks like a Zindi insectoid ship with the three prongs, and then they split, and that yeah. looks like it just impales itself into it. Whether that's the ship that um, Idris Elba pops out of in the trailer, who knows? But um, there's a bit of beef there, from what I can see from some of the dialogue there. You know, I'm I'm counting on it and all this kind of stuff. Like you know. They're going to drive them back to Earth. You know, they've gone too far. I don't know what they've done, um, but they've really pissed off uh, this guy. And obviously, we see a bit of destruction of... Well, I, I, okay, I'm not going to say destruction. We see a huge amount of damage being dealt to the Enterprise. And it does appear that the saucer does separate and crash lands, you know, a la um, generations and so on and so forth. Whether it survives, whether we see another ship, on the line possibly and um yeah it's 
kind of looks like a bit of a roller coaster, but there's a huge amount of interplay. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later on between characters. Um, they do pair off a little bit as well. So we see Bones and Spock. We see Chekhov, Anton, and, and Kirk. Kirk. And uh, there does seem to be a huge amount of pairing there as well. So there does seem to be a good bit of a battle of battle royale going on on this particular planet. And uh, it does look kind of like it's controlled by Kral. There's a bit of a prison camp. Um, seems like a bit of a base there. Uhura is kind of running around some kind of catacombs and stuff like that. And obviously, we meet uh, Jalea. Um, possibly she is a crash survivor from another ship. Or is she an inhabitant off this planet? Not 100% sure just yet. And um, obviously, at the end of it, we do see the discovery of the Franklin you know um i'll let you talk a bit about that anyway yeah. and uh yeah so like there's 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 a huge amount there but like why don't you take over and kind of yeah, fill in well, the gaps and stuff i think i think basically it's going to kind of open like from jj from into darkness where we see the enterprise kind of like they're in the middle of their three four year being out on the frontier i hope like like jj's one where they save the uh the planet from the volcano so then they kind of mm -hmm. go back um, so I'm kind of hoping maybe we see kind of Kirk has a kind of ripped shirt. Yes, on his way to on his way Kirk. to the bar. <laughs> yeah, so maybe Kirk is just after battling a, a Gorn. <laughs> you know, um, so like they're just they, they've docked in the the Yorktown, so they're getting a bit of shore leave, and I'd say he maybe has a little bit of a discussion with McCoy, like how tough the frontier is. Obviously, he's losing crew members, which he hasn't been used to until the last movie mm. so it's a new experience so obviously anybody in a red shirt is dropping like flies now which is something that Kirk has to get used to yeah and um, I said the crew is just worn out so I think there'll be a little bit of discussion and Kirk's going to try and find himself there and McCoy will probably give a quick remedy and they'll be all yes up let's go again so I think what will happen is I think they will receive a distress call maybe from the Franklin so yeah. they'll leave the Yorktown and go out and it will be a trap so um, that's kind of the that's what I'm kind of thinking. So the Enterprise flies in trying to find the survivors of the lost Franklin, mm. um, and then all of a sudden, bye bye Enterprise. <laughs> so we'll see the saucer separation, the crash on the planet. We'll see the we'll see the crews split up as as you said in the thing. We'll see Sulu and Ahura, which seems to be they seem to be in the prison camp. Yeah, we have Scotty and Jala. Uh, they I'd say they'll pair up. They'll help each other, and she'll know where the Franklin is. I'd say the Franklin's just a bit of a decoy to get the Enterprise there. Mm, mm. So she'll bring Scotty to the Franklin. In that sense, she'll get into danger. We see Chakotay and Kirk, I think, are having a little bit of a phaser fight down the saucer section of the yes, crash. Then. We do we do see them meet up in the forest, kind of looking at yeah, the saucer section, but then there's this scene where they crash through the viewfinder. Yeah. And they're they're flying down, and you can just see the the phaser bolts just kind of ricochet. Yeah, so I think they might have to go back to the Enterprise to salvage a part to get the Franklin up and running. And I'd say maybe in that part, that's where Scotty manages to beam uh, Kirk off the bike mm. to get the Franklin up and running. Obviously, I'd say they're going to make the, the, they might think get the Enterprise out of the get the Enterprise out of the picture and uh, leaves Yorktown prime for the taking. And we do uh, see an attack happen on the Yorktown as well, Yorktown. yeah. Then they'll come to the rescue in the Franklin. Now, the, the other interesting thing about this movie, um, I think, is the fact, the name of the Starbase Yorktown. Which was? The Enterprise A. Yes, exactly. So I think that's a nice touch. 
Um, they are kind of appealing to all track fans. I'm just trying to look through my notes there and kind of see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think that's the way that, that I, I think it's it's going to be something like the the Franklin has a part to play, but I think maybe we we know it's a ship and it's 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 found on the planet, but maybe they're just trying to use it as a as a means to lure the Enterprise. So yeah. get the Enterprise out of the way, attack the York Town. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we see the role that the Franklin plays in the in the last trailer. We we have seen it a few times battling the swarm and we see the cool, you know, Enterprise era red phasers, similar to the Kelvin as well, um, yes. attacking. But then there's this some sort of chain reaction and we see it zipping out of the flames as well. So um, obviously it does play a huge role. One of the memos that Gene Rodney never wanted to see at the back of the <laughs> the Enterprise, I think, in his original no no kind of flame rockets, <laughs> ever. no it Flash Gordon rockets. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, like it's 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 going to be. I an think yeah, movie. you summed up all the cool kind of interesting thing. I think that, that that's I, I can kind of see that that's the way the storyline's going to develop, as in how it's all going to tie together and how it's going to make all interaction. I think there's going to be a lot to play between. I think the Spock and McCoy looks absolutely fantastic. They look rock solid. Yeah, like, like there's there's one picture in one of the promos. It's, I think it showed up a few, in a few um, shots of the trailers as well, where Bones is talking to Kirk and he's like, are you sure you want to go back out there? You know, and you just see the three of them. And I like, okay, there's a lot of, negativity should i say towards yeah. the kelvin timeline you like what you like fair enough yeah. i'm not gonna say you're wrong for not liking it that's up to you now you shouldn't say i'm wrong for liking it either but um oh. i think that that casting for me is spot on you know yeah the majority of them actually uh sulu like that that scene with sulu like you know facing down khan you know you know, um, don't don't tempt me. Like you know, poker face is like, oh, yeah, yeah, like you know, but um, there's there's still a lot to be asked about um yeah. for beyond, think, and we're going to see soon enough. Like, yeah, the, the, like the movies kind of let themselves down with like okay, they're throwing in all the action, and yeah. I think what we're missing is the, a, a proper storyline that keys it all together. Start middle and end that you have a complete I think like into darkness yeah okay the main emphasis was Khan and then as soon as Khan emerged the story just kind of disappeared you know um, it was all kind of about the uh, the vengeance crashing yeah. towards Starfleet spectacle over story like yeah. story yeah so I think like you know uh, I wouldn't be one of JJ verse or uh, the Kelvin timeline, it's biggest fans. But I have to say one thing: like I have to say, the cast is absolutely fantastic. There's nearly things that like I'd get upset about. Yeah. Which you know, as I say, I respect everybody's opinion. In Star Trek is Star Trek. We can all discuss how we like Star Trek. I think like if you look at TOS fans, they're not the biggest. Now I'll be talking about TOS fans that were probably born and grew up with star trek in the 60s yeah. where i can understand why they don't like enterprise in the sense that you know okay you've tos you've next generation everything was going forward everything was correct then enterprise came along so they had fasa and all this stuff that they had built up themselves in the absence of star trek so i can see when they did a prequel enterprise might have upset so i suppose for some of us now that would have been more kind of more modern yeah the next generation era deep space nine all of a sudden now it's happening on us that 
<laughs> so there's a change there. I don't and like change. Look, it's great. Any Star Trek that comes on screen, um, I think is always good. So I don't think it should be knocked. I think people should talk about it and just respect. Yeah. You know, I think we could we could talk about diversity and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, that's that's it. Like I think the casting for any of JJ's movies has been spot on. Um, you know what I mean? I think the characters are brilliant. I think McCoy's played well. Sulu, I, like, there's none of them. I, in fairness, I don't think there's yeah. been anyone this cast. Um, I, like, people can put comments down below. Um, especially the people that don't like JJ. I think I'd love to actually hear. Yeah. Do they agree with what I'm saying? There? Do, do you actually think that anyone has been miscast? I think Kirk is fine. I think Spock's, I think Spock's amazing. I think Spock is probably one of the more easier characters to kind of play. <laughs> yeah. Because Leonard Nimoy had done such a great job, with, he just made it that unique, yeah. standout human character. I, I'd, I'd kind of, i disagree with you ever so much, ever so slightly on that, because I think it'd be so easy to kind of caricature Spock, though. You know, oh, and I, I don't, I don't think um, that's, um, that that's a case really with, um, with Zachary in uh, mm. Star Trek. Like it's, it's. It, I think it's a. It's a good homage, uh, yeah. homage even, um, yes. to it as well. But I, I. I do see what you mean. Like it's. I think it's so more much. kind of. If you look at a true Star Trek, to it, he's he's such a big character, and there's, you you know the character portraits are there. Whereas you kind of look at maybe Chekhov, you yeah. know what I mean? From like he came to Star Trek, I think it was season two. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Currently rewatching. TOS right now on uh, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so I think he comes into it around season two. Um, and then what you call it, like his movie roles weren't really, you know, he never really had such a big part. So to try and mm. feel the check off, apart from just putting on a Russian accent. Yeah. It's kind of because he is such a warm character. Yeah. So. Uh, to a kind of comic relief to uh, to a certain extent. Yes. In, in, certain, in certain episodes like, and stuff. McCoy and Spock had that as well, throughout as well. So um, no, I think I think the casting's been great. Yeah. Um, hopefully, just I really hope now. I think, in fairness to Paramount, they've done such, and I know people are going to hate me for saying in fairness to Paramount because I know there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. With the MXR thing, I'm sitting on the fence in this one. I'm not getting involved. Um, everyone can have their own opinion on that one. Uh, you know how I feel about it, so mm -hmm. I'm not getting involved. I know I, basically. At the end of the day, is like as I said, all forms of tracks on screen is fantastic. I'm a big fan of Star Trek Continues, big fan of uh, the new voyages. More the TOS thing, because I think it's great that people are going back to the start of Star Trek and they're actually in this day and age, like the production work, everything that they're absolutely doing, it's absolutely fantastic. Like, yeah, uh, set science, everything. Like, I was talking to you last night about the whole Star Trek Continues that they're going to a college and getting an orchestra and they're actually doing it exactly the way it was done. Hmm. Back six was absolutely fantastic. So you know, they've put so much effort into the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, and um, it's evidence. I don't think there has ever been so much uh, build up to a Star Trek movie, which, in that sense, I think is kind of nice from Paramount yeah. to celebrate fifty years of Star Trek. Just one storyline, and for once, I'm not actually going to give out about a JJ versus ship. Yeah? Yeah. No, I actually like the Franklin. Okay. I've changed my mind. I do like the Franklin. Um, reasons being because, I suppose, if you look at the NX-01 Archers Enterprise, mm -hmm. sleek, it's rounder. Um, the nacelles, now, you you know, I always hate the kind of the big, bulky nacelles on the Enterprise with yeah. JJ. 
But I think if you look at that from Franklin, the Franklin's point of view, it's it, it, it's it's squarer. It has large nacelles. It's we know it's a war four ship. Yeah, we know it's a prototype. We know it's a prototype. Yeah. Hopefully, it's going to be classed as a Franklin class ship, which should be, keep me happy. But I think if you if you look at the evolution from from the NXO one yeah. to the Franklin, I think it makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? You have this kind of a bulky, large so, engine ship to you. You know, you can see an ele- an are, evolution of design. Are you putting the Franklin after the NXO one? No, I'll put it before. You're putting it before. Okay, so you're seeing that iterative design where it's kind of getting sleeker and slimmer and more futuristic, kind exactly. of. As, as we saw in the original series, you know, a lot of people always give out about the pylons, you know, other just like sticks. But again, we, we heard like Doug Drexler saying, but it's the future. We have the technology, you know, that's just a visual representation of like, we have the technology to do something that looks so fragile, but is so practical and sturdy and stuff like that exactly. as well. You know, like you look at the oversized nacelles to the nacelles on the NXO1, you know what I mean? They're, they're smaller. Well, they're not as thick. Yeah, uh, like you know what I mean. When when you look at the Franklin, like, and I don't want to get into like I'm making excuses for Star Trek. You know, obviously there's a, there's been a huge stylistic change with the the Kelvin timeline. You know, massive ships, uh, awkward nacelles and stuff. But um, when I saw the Franklin first, and I had the kind of tapered nacelles big at the front kind of coming back into the old style you could see the kind of nozzle at the back very tos style but then i was kind of thinking okay they kind of look funny but what's at the front of an sl it's a bazaar collector you know like a ram scoop for yeah. uh, like any other aircraft that we know today and it kind of does make sense that yeah. you know they have a bigger surface area you know to feed into the warp coils and stuff like that again don't want to make excuses but that was just what my mind was clicking through because we did see, and it was a nice segue, by the way, Chris. Uh, we did see the uh, release of um, popular uh, mechanics. They had the uh, two-page spread of the cutaway of the, uh, what appears to be the refit Enterprise because it has slightly different uh, orientation on the pylons. Uh, they're backwards sweeping and the nacelles do look smaller. Um, but then we have the Franklin as well. That's where we get the information that it's, prototype warp four i think they're throwing us on on the, I, I don't I, I i think they're following through on the timeline type thing as well you got to realize that in fairness are being very very clever yeah so you got to think back to the original movies we had the motion picture and uh, well we had originally the series where the enterprise and then we had the motion picture was a refit so i think in this movie we're actually seeing the enterprise from the last two is going to be refitted after the damage received into darkness so that's exactly refit. so i don't think we Anything saw that's been so far is the new Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. And we saw just at the very, very end of Into Darkness, we, we saw the Enterprise warp off, and we did see that unified um, impulse, impulse engine versus yeah. the two split ones that we saw as well. So obviously, it did take a beating uh, with the Vengeance um, that time. So there's obviously been improvements to the ship, and you know it's going out in its five-year mission as well. But um, yeah, so all these little bits of information were kind of gleaming from it, and. You know, something interesting that you mentioned there as well was about the promotion. Like, it's been on Overdrive for, for Beyond. And, yes, we have the 50th anniversary as well. So, like, what, what do you think about the promotion itself? We've seen three trailers. I'd say about five, maybe six promos. I think yep. as well, they're about 20, 30 seconds. These are all on Paramount's YouTube page 
or if yeah. you want to check out um my uh, facebook the links down below i have them all posted up there as well um we've seen character posters we have Jimmy. seen these kind of gift style images character images where you have like you know jalea and it's just slightly spinning around in kirk and sulu and um we did see the unveil in la as well uh, off the original trailer and that's where we got our first glimpse off the tribute poster well i call it tribute poster it's the beyond poster with kirk spock and jalea in the form of the motion picture poster what do you think about that i like it um i think it's actually it, it's paying homage to i think this year is all about star trek so yeah. whether you like jj or not we like star trek it's 50 years so i think we should embrace any form of trek and i do like the homage that it is paying because it is you know what i mean the motion picture poster is such a classic yeah and to redo it um 50 years well obviously it's not 50 years later but yeah. you know what i mean it was the first movie of the franchise back then so you know to celebrate 50 years i think it's it, 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 it i like to be honest with you um it's a poster that i would actually go out and buy if i had somewhere to display it on my room i would yeah. actually proudly have it and frame it because i do think it actually make me go out and buy the motion picture as well and have the two side by side that would be good it makes for a cool screensaver on your phone it's a nice form but yeah like, I, I agree with you it's not to me it's not cheesy you know no. it's not like it doesn't come across like they're capitalizing on it. It's it's a tribute, in my mind. It is, you know, and it is. like that 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 was unexpected. And then like they they tied in, uh, Trek in fifty. So we had like the characters, and you know, like we had, um, multiple people involved in Star Trek productions in the past, kind of giving their fifty seconds on what Star Trek means to them. And then yeah. we had the dedication for Leonard Nimoy as well, like. I believe those actually had fun because he uh, it was a challenge for him to try and put in a uh, talk about Star Trek in fifty seconds. He has <laughs> he has a clip somewhere that he t- turns around. He put he, I think it was on his Facebook page. He, he showed his video clip. Yeah. But he said how hard it was to sum it down in fifty seconds. Star Trek in fifty hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could listen to him for fifty hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, like it's it's so I I love like the popularity. You know, it's not just to the actors and stuff like that it's to the production staff the writers you know the designers the art directors like michael kuda you know johnny's and to name yeah. but a few and they're so great yeah. to the community as well like they'll chat to you online and uh, twitter and facebook and stuff like that as well michael kuda like if you look at him like i think in fairness like when star trek came back um tng like he he really set the standard that you know what I mean from Star Trek here on in everywhere it goes forward in the TV series has this style and I think it's fantastic with the L cars it's endured, it's endured yes. like. and the style the layout like I know I worked in TNG he moved on to um, Deep Space Nine Voyager but like even between that like when it came to Deep Space Nine again different you know to different everything yeah, like just he, he's a god like, come here. How many people do you know? Uh, them and their wife would sit down and literally go through every single ounce of Star Trek and put in a psychopedia for us. So, Two you know, volumes. That's, uh, I so want that book. I saw it's, but it's pricey. Yeah. It's pricey. It's, like, it's, it's, it's kind of hard now because I, I feel sorry because, like, I know they're putting in so much work and I don't want to kill any sales. Like, Under, I have to undervalue it. Like, yeah. I was the first edition. I got it at a Star Trek conference out in Bray. And I got signed by Gates McFadden. And I tell you one thing now, I love that book. I 
cherished it for years. Any reference to Star Trek at the time, go yeah. back. Then it broke my heart when the next one came out. But I feel so sorry because it takes so much effort to try and get yeah. all this stuff into a book. And then now they have a new series coming out. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll probably have to wait another three years to get the, the update. But I may, I, maybe they should just look at uh, just doing uh, updates and volumes, you yeah. know? Dude, like digitally. You know, put it put it on the iPads <laughs> with two yeah, D's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So same thing doing all whole work again and reformatting the whole encyclopedia. Mm. But now it is one I probably will get, but I won't be getting it this year because yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, 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 I I I I kind of have to wait myself. But yeah, definitely. I just love flicking through just the little details and and just uh, great. Um, I even had the book, the chronology off uh, Star Trek as well. So like you, it, it would talk about. You know the eugenic wars and stuff like that as well that was touched on in episodes and just i just love those little details and stuff yeah. like that as well but yeah definitely 2016 is just a great year for trek and I, I think it's just been a great promo you know just the hype wheel has just gone overdrive which i think is great because from what i can see online and it it's great to talk to you chris because i'm i i've i've always liked the timeline the kelvin timeline um yes I watched it as a kind of spectacle different but um you know I could see the value in it as well and as you said yourself you're not the biggest fan you know you, you saw it for what it was at the time as well but has beyond swayed you you know maybe healed some wounds off the you know the the timeline breakage and stuff like that as well do you feel like it's going to help fans come around uh, it's 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 difficult. I think if if we can get, if Beyond can actually do a Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan or First Contact, maybe it needs yeah. to be that good. They need to stop. In my opinion, now I know there's one. I don't want to get any guys into trouble, but I believe there is a theory now. I know an NX is an experimental class, but like uh, the Enterprise Arches Enterprise was classed as the NX class. Class. Yeah. So there is a worrying thing that I've heard. Nothing's confirmed as we see it on screen, but that it could be classed as an NX. Now, the likes of that, there's no need to do. You know, you can call it the Franklin class. There's no point trying to be too clever with the timeline. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've altered the timeline from one part. So, you know, we did see in Admiral, why has it gone out of my head now? Admiral in, in, in Into Darkness, Admiral in his office. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Marcus. Marcus. We've seen, well, this is the first one I got. He's in the background. Yeah. <laughs> on his desk. Yeah, because so, that, that timeline is unaffected. Unaffected, exactly. like. Exactly. So, don't muck around. You, you've changed one timeline, so leave everything beforehand. Leave yeah. it. Um, I would be happy if they'd done that. If the storyline's there, as I said, I do actually like the Franklin. Um, I'm not a big fan of the oversized themselves. From as you can. Yeah. These I hate, but you look at. The NX-01 Archer's Enterprise. Okay, whack that on. It's a Warp 4 ship. Um, the NX-01 is meant to be more advanced. It's the fastest one. They're going out into the galaxy as far as they can. Yeah. Makes sense. Large warp themselves. You know, small little ship. Nothing too big. It's a prototype to try and get out there. So, the Franklin's won me over in that sense. And uh, like, when you look at the Franklin as well, you know, you raise some interesting points there. You know, NX class and stuff. But then, when when you look at the detail, is that like... Why is it USS Franklin? You know, um, could have been repurposed after the formation of the Federation. You know, re re registered. Like we saw, the Yorktown was renamed to mm -hmm. Enterprise A. 
you know yeah. um it's easy to peel off a decal off a spaceship i i would assume in the future um okay. but still yeah so you know that's kind of they're ticking another one of the boxes um you know so that's that you know just kind of a sentimental journey of of kirk trying to find out who he is yeah oh so, i don't think it's going to be I, judging by the speed of the movie, though, it's it's got a, it's kind of very hard to imagine that it's got to be too much slow scenes. You know, I think McCoy is kind of a great one for Kirk Scott because he's just kind of put him in his place, tell him he'll have some witty one liner, and yeah. he'll laugh. Oh yeah, let's go back out there. So um, <laughs> that'll be interesting. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, that's cool. Like you yeah. know, but um, yeah, like there's so much kind of hype. I think on both sides of the of the fan camp, you know, that I I, I think. And I hope it is going to be a successful movie. And so um, no. you know, I never. I love. Trekking. I love seeing the comments below because there's still people out there like, oh no, 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 Franklin this or Kirk that or you know, like oh here we go again, destruction spectacle as well. But makes Trek great now because it's more than um, doing a techno babble kind of like you know what I mean. When anyone talks about Star Trek, yeah, okay, we're doing a podcast. I'm sure we're going to say one thing wrong and we're meant to be that way, and someone will turn around and. Correct us to a T. Gets the conversation so, like, going. Oh, like, that's, <laughs> exactly, it's the conversation going. So instead of Trekkies like turning on each other, saying, "No, that's from that episode." That's right. It's kind of great to see the kind of the JJ camp <laughs> and the opposite of the JJ camp. I just don't like. It, it, there is one thing that I think it's very, very sad on any Star Trek uh, feed, Facebook, podcasts, anything. I do not like the whole putting people down for what they like. I, I, I think that's wrong. I just, you know what I mean? I like the passion between comments and so forth. But yeah, yeah as I said earlier on, like, respect it. It's Star Trek. It's, it's all Star Trek. You know, yeah. some people don't like Voyager. Some people don't like Enterprise. Some people don't like TNG. Some people don't like TOS. It's not a crime. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Just don't watch that one. <laughs> exactly. And listen, it's like, yeah, you know, you have your own opinion. I got mine. You know, bygones well, be bygones. Not like, oh, you're wrong. You know, you're... That's whatever great. that's the thing about star trek we all have our own opinions we can all chat like there's no you know what i mean there's guys out there that are complete they'll have every episode they can throw off they, you know what i mean they're yeah. a wealth of knowledge and then there's guys like us that just love it uh we love what we see we'll do a light bit of research but we just love talking about it like no one's right no one's wrong um well when it comes down <laughs> to the, the minute things of episodes and guides and so forth and yeah. what's that on chip and all that but, you know, it's a community. And I think yeah. the great thing is, even when you go on forums and stuff like that and you're talking about trade, you know what I mean? There's a lot more people trying to help one another. Yeah. Trying to find things up, find things out, which is great. So that's that's respect. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's it, you know. And, like, there's there's been a definite ramp up, in my opinion. You know, people kind of coming out of the woodwork as well who kind of liked Star Trek, but now that they're seeing the trailers in the cinema or like music videos and stuff coming out they're kind of going oh yeah yeah that's that's still going like and it's bringing new people in now a bit of an interesting comment there and it's, it's probably going to rile people up below hopefully it does because i'd like to hear from you in the comments below <laughs> but um chris pine was saying there about cerebral you, you can't have a cerebral star trek movie this day and age again that's why it's all spectacle 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 and the thing about star trek and I'm only using it for comparison's sake. Don't kill me. Star Wars is sci sci-fi fantasy. It's 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 science fantasy. Where 
basically Star Trek is science fiction. It's it's basically, you know, based in technology rather than, you know, glorious and wondrous forces and stuff like that. And I love Star Wars. I'm just saying it as comparison it, sake. So the cerebral nature just fell hand in hand with Star Trek. Yeah. You know, um, now, obviously, there's a whole lot of techno babble, you know, Heisenberg condens- uh, compensators and stuff like that. But it was based on theories and facts. And, you know, we saw the technology come out of Star Trek. You know, we all have our smartphones and our video calling and stuff like that as well, way ahead of the time. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, th- th- I thought that was a very incendiary comment. And um, it's a bit silly. I don't think. I think it's been taken out of context. I don't think he really actually fully. In, yeah, yeah I don't think. I think way, like... said it wrong. I, like like everything with the media, like I'd always be kind of give people the benefit of the doubt. He kind of put his foot in it there, but hmm. but what? It's like because it's Star Trek. Unless it's just full of action and adventure, it's not going to be a good movie. I will completely disagree with that. I think there has been science fiction. I can't think of any to head, top of my head, which kind of backs him up. But there's been lots of sci-fi science fiction movies out there that have had a decent storyline that's not packed full of action. And they've been good movies. Just my mind's just drawn a blank at the moment. But I'm sure people have comments. Like, would you class the likes of um, The Martian? The Martian science fiction. Brilliant. You know, and Jesus, like, in the line, in the dialogue... I'm going to science There's the shit out of this. <laughs> you like, know. Yeah, like, that's that's straight one. The Martian. Absolutely fantastic. You know? Um, you don't need all action. You know what I mean? I think most most, most, most Star Trek like the storylines. I think, like, if you go back to the Star Trek The Next Generation episode where Picard is scanned by the probe and he lives a whole life, there's no action in that. That was, that's an awesome one, isn't it? You know, There's no action in that. And he wakes up like on the bridge, and he's like, "I've had a whole family." And like, there's another how much of a mind, and like, remember the Miles O'Brien one where he lives out the sentence, you know, yes. and like it was kind of induced as well, like. God. Yeah, and then there's one where what you call it, um, Jake Sisko um, loses his dad, and he lives lives his life, and again, no action, really, no action, and just great storytelling. They, and, just, like, they just grab you by the cojones like and oh, it's like completely like you know what i mean like like okay come here don't get me wrong one of the, the, the greatest things about deep space nine was the dominion wars and come here so we can all talk any of us that like the ships love the battles lots of starships going mm-hmm. in blasting things yeah it's great it's probably one yeah. of the best one of the best things to track that and i will say i love all the, the space i like any kind of visual effects around the enterprises i love any new alien ships love yeah. it but storyline is key to me and like there's three episodes straight off the top of our heads. We don't have the names, so by all means, guys, comment down with love. Yeah. Give us the episode names. Season four, sure. episode seven. <laughs> Which is and fine. Uh, was it Lars Computer or something like that? I believe, what you call it? That went at the Christie's auction for uh, a mint. What you call it? She couldn't even play the bloody flute. <laughs> it's oh. the flute. It's actually a real flute, but uh, it went for, a, went for a, a, a fortune because it's just a well-known Crazy. piece. But again, no phasers. No, you know what I mean? No, nothing big. Great quality storyline and their yeah. fan favorites. Yeah. So like, I, like it, it's kind of, I know like it, 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 here's the problem with the likes of uh, Paramount, where like the, they're the film size of Star Trek, so they have to do kind of a blockbuster. And yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I, I like I'm nearly now at the, the point that like, like 
is it worth Paramount holding on to that side of the franchise? Would it not be better off just let CBS have it and just maybe just do movies direct for TV? Babylon 5 style. Yeah, but like yeah. maybe promote them. I, I, I don't know. Like It's kind of hard like never to see a Star Trek movie in the big screen again. It's, it's kind possible. of alarming. You know, like the, the way that the market's changed with on demand, like um, we won't kind of go into too much detail now, maybe for another podcast if you guys want to hear about it. But like we have CBS All Access, you know, Star Trek 2017 coming. Is mm. that going to change the model um, of it? Uh, who knows? You know, but I, I know what you mean. Like cinema, you're, you're see, kind of going I'll, to see spectacle at the cinema. Yeah, exactly. And like the lack of the Trek story is kind of kind of missing. You know, now hopefully again, you don't, you don't kind of, I don't think any of us will mind new Star Trek series that'll take care of the storyline because you know the guys that are actually producing this. I sent you a nice photograph of a uh, happy family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, like we're we are going to be in good hands, and I think we'll save that for another day. Like we talk, like who could be on the production crew and who's what you call it, maybe doing bits and pieces behind the scenes you know which is more important but uh yeah. i think the development if there's a storyline and you kind of get your storyline i think okay yeah we can expect the mega blockbusters but i think it's kind of i think kind of always goes to the cinema and there's the big mega like it's a star trek movie it's kind of like i know we were talking mm-hmm. you pointed out star trek six yeah. but like there is kind of always the way that there has to be a villain and it's it has to be big there's the formula and, that you need to fill for yeah i'd love to see Star Trek movie break that mold and kind of go for the storyline and prove Chris yeah. Pine. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I kind of know where kind of Chris kind of kind of came from as well at the same time because like Star Trek can be guilty of it as well. Where like when you compare, for example, TNG to the original series, like we, here we have like you know them them holding you know, plays for Hamlet and you know quoting Shakespeare and like even in. Um, what was it? It was was it insurrections where like um, Picard goes to Worf. He talks about Gilbert and the Sullivan, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't met the crew." And your man's like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm sorry, he's a Klingon. Like, why would he know about bloody you know ancient English bloody musicals and stuff like that?" That's Give the guy a break, I, like. <laughs> it's right, thing with uh, all Federation play shows that they all come equipped with a karaoke, so that's why you put up the little karaoke for Worf. Yeah. So he could sing along. Yeah, do, 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 do. <laughs> which which was funny. Yeah, that was that uh, was an awesome scene though. That that yeah, dive down and like when when it lifted the turf when the shuttle just shot up it was like. Oh. But, I remember I, seeing I, that I, in I, cinema I, going. <laughs> but again, it was you know what I mean. Again, it's that's that's one going back with the with the TNG crew and you know, big scenes and stuff like that and the story kind of was there but just kind of fell short again. Typical. Yeah. Bad guy on an array. Like, I don't know what it is about. Like, if they have a big ship, you're not around trouble. Like, you know what I mean? Bad guy array blows up. Do you know the way my brain works now? Uh, just what we're talking about now, you know, spectacle and stuff like that. Even if, if you actually just look at the Generation movies, like the first movie, they saucer separate, destroy the ship. You know, second movie, there's like, you know, the joystick pops out and, you know, Rikers flying through the briar patch collecting all the metrion gas and stuff third movie they ram the ship you know it's like that's that's spectacle that's spectacle there god damn it you know movies whatever but yeah I'm interested to see 
at least yeah. for a change that we've seen it in space dock getting repaired <laughs> after the fact yeah yeah with before before oh data Damn. yeah you know that that led me to believe that there was going to be another movie you know you could you saw that hint of you know data's algorithms in before like or he's kind of I'm singing the song or something to remember if i remember correctly now the crew were initially with their contract i think we're only signed up for three movies yeah so again like it's the whole and then just the, I don't, the, the I don't know. success I, yeah. of nemesis um yeah well it was a bit of a flop now fairness people put the, a lot people put you know a lot of star trek's issues on that movie that it impacted you know enterprise and you know star trek for years after like you know but it's good to see it kind of rebounding back and going from strength to strength at the yeah moment, I, like. I, I think in nemesis they were they were trying to go clever and trying to give us that storyline but they lost it and again going back to bad guy big ship here's here like you know it's, it's come here let's let's go back to insurrection kind of like same ending scene you know what i mean it's basically oh my god this thing's gonna activate what's gonna happen yeah you're gonna die you know so yeah oh i i, I really i'd love to see one that would break the mold and uh, make chris pine feel wrong and take back his words and say yeah we can do a star trek movie that's gonna be a success yeah. without doing big massive explosions it's yeah. a challenge i love i'd love to see someone actually try and go out there and do it but like you know and star I, trek I, and i think the story is going to i i do think the story is going to be kind of clever uh like I, i'd say simon Pegg has worked hard to yeah to he's a big star trek fan but he knows like he's been in the movie industry he knows that it has to be commercially commercially successful as well so yeah. big element of that i think that's why we we're seeing another starship in it in a sense that like kind of that that's again it's a commercial aspect that you can kind of look and say you know that that gets fans fans going like star trek 2 when we've seen the reliant yeah know what i mean um star trek see when we've seen the orbiter we're like <laughs> okay it's it, but it, we were all excited you know it's another starship you know yeah because i think like you know in the movies like i think we had like I think at that point we had four starships for a very long time. Like even yeah. in TNG, you know what I mean? It was sensor class. All stock footage, you know, we just see it yeah. hovering over a different planet. Like, you know, so it just goes to show like even back then how much of a budget they were on. So going to the big screen, I know I haven't, but like even in Deep Space Nine, they, they were using um, the Voyager mash kit. I can't think of the name of the class where it's like half McKee, half Voyager. It's oh, actually uh, the Jaeger class. The Jaeger class, yeah, but that was meant to be, kind of, that was the storyline initially for Voyager that they were going to put the two ships that, together. That ship is just bizarre. Like. But the storyline was when they went into, with, with the caretaker so far, I think the initial plan was that Voyager was so badly damaged and the McKee ship was so badly damaged that they were going to put them. two together and that was going to be, and that's an emergency cruise. They had to join together. Yeah. Thank you they abandoned that idea but that model ended up in deep space <laughs> so it just shows what a, a budget so it shows what a big deal like and franklin hitting the screen means to the star trek fans so, like you know we're getting a different ship yeah and talking about ships as well kind of going back to an earlier thing what were your initial thoughts when you saw voyager's nacelles because we have polar opposites here we have long model length legs on yeah. the enterprise and then we have voyager like with tiny little finger nacelles that oh they they come up they're cool you know because we have this whole eco drive in star trek now because remember that's, the warp yeah, was destroying the stabilizer that's what people were trying to i think the theory behind that was what you know, i thought it's so funny that where they try and come up with it because of that episode in the next generation that they have to reduce whatever way it was if they had their warp nacelles 
up it. <laughs> back up. So there you go. That's all I had to do. I think if you kind of look, even looking behind me here, I think if you look at the development between, like, if the excels here with the long, long, long nacelles. Yeah. And then you kind of go to the Enterprise C. And what they do then is the nacelles get shorter, but they get stumpier. So you kind of go yeah. nearly JJ style, but they're not yeah. massively bent. And then you go to TNG again, where they've gotten a bit shorter and now they're getting a bit compactor. Yeah. And then like you go to Voyager and like the kind of, so like I think you can see a kind of stepping stone that, yeah. you know, there's refinement to each step, which I think is great. And I think. And then you have the Sovereign. Oh, <laughs> and it's like. Oh, my, it's a large, but I like, it's kind of like Voyager was kind of a, a, a ship for exploration. I think when you look back, it wouldn't have been like. <sighs> You know, it, could, was no, it could, no, could long term run without you know refueling and stuff. Yeah, there was no Dominion threat at the time. Um, it was fairly, fairly peaceful before Voyager got lost. So, mm. like, I suppose you kind of look at the Sovereign again, it's a flagship Borg, yeah, Dominion more so again. Like, again, though, the, the nacelles kind of got re stretched again to Excelsior, they're kind of going, style. yeah, well, kind of, they're not as big. Yeah, the sovereign kind of breaks the chain, but again, more power. Who knows? That's but it. uh, it's a good, it's a good concept of design from the prime universe, anyway. Mm. Uh, again, I suppose when you look at Voyager, uh, like if you look at the design of Voyager and how, how they managed to make the Voyager themselves so smaller, then you look at the Defiant. Yeah. So when the Defiant comes into play again, so like obviously the Federation have, yeah, we we we've nailed this now. We can actually put it in a plate of armor. Yeah. And then the whole next generation of Borg ships, the Borg fleet. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And like, that, one interesting thing there that he kind of brought up a bit of a segue for, it's not so much kind of beyond related, but like when you look at the Defiant, a ship, a warship, a Federation warship, and then like we look at the Vengeance, you know, there's a, there's a big debate there. And I love debates anyway. To me, I love it. It's literally just above me here, but people are like it's not federation you know like uh why is it so big or you know why does it have negative space it doesn't it doesn't fall in place with it but like the defined is so much a departure from your conventional federation ships as well uh, you know is a section 31 ship um mm. built by starfleet uh, i know there's controversy over it was built by starfleet uh, with, with the help of can yeah marcus Which, yeah. This, it's the whole thing the lack of the storyline fact with they don't really think things yeah okay Khan was very uh, advanced well mentally intelligent he could pick up stuff quickly but like yeah he was still several hundred years outdated behind the times so for him to kind of like completely design this big massive warship um, yeah. with obviously the help of Starfleet or Section 31's help is a little bit silly but yeah. apart from that um, well you know the, he, if he you did... look at it if you look at the vengeance yeah yeah, it's a warship. It, it, it is primarily warship. Okay, they're going off the white. Maybe that's just a different form of armament. I don't think... See, the problem yeah. with the J, you never got to see too much. I think where they were trying to be too clever, I would have liked to have seen, like, if they stuck to the initial kind of the whole can thing, like, why didn't they not let... Instead of trying to crash the Vengeance, well, they could have still crashed the, the mm -hmm. Vengeance at, at Starfleet. Um, why didn't they not, like, just can't get the Vengeance? Let Spock use his head, you know what I mean? He's a man that's a couple of hundred years behind the time. Mm. I don't know, right that way. And then we could have actually seen ship to ship battle, then we would have had more kind of interesting facts. Butara Nebula kind of 
Yeah, that kind of stuff, and then kind of know like what kind of armaments, armaments, the vengeance had, and so forth, and kind of looking at that way. It was a real loss because like we just see a fire at each other, and then they sabotage it. She goes down. Akan just decides to ram it into Starfleet Command. They beam, yeah, they beam the warheads over without the people, yeah. It, it rips up her belly and then Very it clever. to crash down. And that, that was one of the clever things about the trailer for that movie. It kind of implied that was the Enterprise, this? because it just showed the water impact, but you did see the Enterprise coming into atmosphere and you're like, oh my god. I thought they were being too clever, so I had a feeling that was definitely another search. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that at the time. I was there like, nah, this is too obvious. They were not going to, yeah. if they were going to, if they were going to do it, they'd uh, make a big deal about. It. Like, it's interesting that they're making a big deal about the Enterprise getting destroyed in this one, which is, yeah. I think, it's kind of fairly. They've, they've, they've literally just kind of like they're slowly lifting it up because, like, from the first trailer to now, you kind of saw glimpses of it, and I like. I was kind of saying from get-go, I was like, oh, the saucer, it's it's going down. Like You could see it. And they even it looked like it actually does separate as well uh, in Seen kind of the, tribute and... to the concept yeah. art of the motion picture. Um, yes. It just kind of separates up away and um, Kirk jettisons out through the Kelvin escape pods, which was yeah. thanks to, you know, um, the incident on uh, with his dad. But he jettisons off in atmosphere and you just see it kind of clip a rock Kind of like in Generations as well. And that's it does make it down in one piece. That's why I reckon they're going back to uh, the saucer section to get a, a part for the, the Franklin, I'd say. Yeah, that that's good because, like, the, yeah, the Franklin, obviously it's several, at least, what would you think, 150 years old? 100 years? Yeah. You know, Must at be. least. And then it obviously has landed in atmosphere, so probably not by choice or damaged. To a degree, and uh, thankfully it still has a motorbike on board. <laughs> you know, the captain's motorbike. Some, yeah, I think that's some kind of captain's ready room type thing. I think that could be easily explained, or maybe that the ship is that. Like, you got to realize in JJ verse, which unfortunately they don't seem to think about. Like, if you look at the engine room in um, on the Enterprise, the size of it. It's amazing yeah. that what's got for a ship that's 150 years old has a smaller engine room than yeah. the Enterprise. Yeah, what, what the hell can yeah, the Enterprise do? Only like? do work for, but you know what I mean. It it, it, it only has a micro brewery on board. <laughs> still what you got to just to, like all we need to do to go faster is make bigger warp cores. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at the vengeance as well. Um, I look at, like the, the, I think another thing that kind of annoys the fans is the sizing of the scaling of the ships in general. Yeah, it's not need. There's really no need. I the, the the like the Yorktown of Starbase is okay. I like I love the name. I think it's very fitting that uh they're tying that in. Um, that's a fan fact. I probably actually some people mightn't have known that. Um, mm. in case you didn't know that, what you call it when Kirk came back. Obviously, the Enterprise had been destroyed. They came back on a Klingon bird of prey for Klingon bird of prey ever captured by the Federation mm. by Bounty. Kirk. They saved the day. Um, saved the day, and he was rewarded. But sure, they didn't have a ship. They didn't just happen to have it brand new ship so they renamed the US Yorktown to the Enterprise A uh, and there's a big hullabaloo as well with the Trek history that the Enterprise was the first ship to complete a five year mission it was yeah I think that's the reason why they, they adopted the they changed all the logos oh right you know, when they, went, they took on the Enterprise logo either it was no sorry I think it was 25 years they'd done 25 years of service yeah um, it was like kind of like the longest ship 
guys, comment down below. I remember reading the fact. I think it's something to do with the 25. Uh, it was the first ship to do. Yeah, it was a big, big thing with the five-year mission. So they completed yeah. the five-year mission. Why they adorned the Enterprise logo. So that's where you see in it they all have their own different logos for each ship. So hmm. I think that's the reason. But definitely, guys, comment below. Give us the, the real fact. But I think that's the whole story behind that. The more but we yeah, know. So they renamed for the Enterprise A, which which is nice. You know, it's, it's a tribute to that. Hmm. Um, the Starbase, it's Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's so it's, it's it's if you think Stargate Atlantis, okay, so just get another one and join it underneath, and then you have your shield around it. It's voila. so it's so bizarre looking though. Like it's it's obviously very heavily art artificially artificial gravity because like people are looking down on the ground and there's all yeah. these arcs and stuff. Um, but did you notice in um one of the recent promos, it shows. The Enterprise outside coming into the Yorktown, and it seems to have um, these glass. Like you just imagine, it's just you know, it seems to be this kind of yeah. That seems to be the dry dock, yeah, or the space dock for for the ships. I don't know. Maybe that's where the Enterprise got refitted. We don't know because. She's Maybe. gone far out. That's the star base. You know what I mean? Obviously, if they're sending ships far, far out, who knows? It looks cool, though. I like that part. Yeah, I it does. I like the whole... Like, initially when I saw it, before I saw, like, any Yorktown moniker on it at all, I was like, this this almost looks futuristic. Like, beyond, like, the technology in the reboot looks very advanced and very stylized, but I was kind of going, oh, this, is, this is just enormous. It's like... You know, like a Dyson sphere, not not quite like, but I was kind of going, yeah, oh, this isn't Federation, like this is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, Frontier, you know, one of almost one of a kind, you know, meet and greet yeah. Starbase, like you know, just like you just hope that the shields don't go down if you're outside having a walk. You're walking the dog outside on the Starbase, and the shields go the down. Gravity right? goes, and you're like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's one worrying thing. So I will see it anyway. It, it, it looks different, um, but as I say, I would be a little bit kind of. I think sometimes I. Okay, obviously the big screen is just to get people sucked in. It's visual, but I think that's where Star Trek fans would kind of think, like, why would you have a Starbase and have people walking around? It's like, what happens if you had a shield? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's not a very clever thing to be doing, like walking yeah. around outside. And if the shields go down, that's it, you're dead. Yeah. So I suppose like visual effects, it, look, it does look great, but it, yeah. it does look like kind of a ripoff of Atlantis. Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it more of our glory anyway as well. But um, yeah, I think that kind of pretty much wraps it up. Did we miss anything? Yeah. Kind of, I'm sure we did. But you know, there's plenty more podcasts out there. But um, yeah, there's just a lot of hype. Can't wait for July 22nd. And um, you know, I'm sure we'll be back in front of the screen talking about our post movie analysis soon enough mm-hmm. anyway as well. But um, yeah, like, did, did we miss anything at all there, Chris? Or we covered lots. I think we covered. Oh, I don't know. Looking forward. For comments and reading them and being corrected uh, which i love and what uh, we do yeah definitely give us some feedback on video audio and stuff because again this is the first uh, podcast um that we've done so it'd be great just to kind of get feedback there to know how we can improve and um i'm going to leave a few comments down below with different topic titles and whatever one gets the most likes um we'll look at doing possibly in the next podcast in the future as well or if you have any suggestions as well if that one gets a, a whole heap of likes or it you know, tickles are fancy. We'll uh, introduce that into an up and coming podcast as well. So, you know, it's a uh, goodbye from me. 
and goodbye for me <laughs> and thanks for watching and don't forget you can subscribe to Bowley Go uh, with the Nerd Escape podcast and thanks for watching and we will see you in the next video take it easy bye <laughs> Thank you.